Hello, welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. Season five. Wow. How many seasons have we done so far? Four? Four. This is season five. I can't believe it. It's been a wonderful time. Now, we're recording. It's a new semester. That's right. Lots of things have happened. Lots of things have happened with you. That's right. And we are, you know, okay, so we're recording this, full disclosure. We're recording end of June. You're probably listening to this in September of 2022. Potentially. Potentially. And who knows what might happen between the end of June and September. At this rate, it could be a whole, whole lot. This is very true. This is very true. A lot has transpired over the last few days. I feel like this is going to be like a time capsule. Of, a little bit, a little bit. Of the end of June. <laughs> So we should talk about why it is that we are recording now in June instead of, you know, a week or two before the episode releases. It's because you have wonderful news. I do have wonderful news. Big news, some would say. <laughs> so any, any day now, actually, uh, my partner is going to have a baby. So I will be deep in the throes of... Um, what my friend Ebony calls the vortex of new parenthood. And I will be on leave for some weeks in the fall. So we've been busy, Jamil and I've been busy recording uh, this summer to get ready for this big event happening. Yes. So hopefully none of you listeners noticed the gap. But I will say, you know, you will be knee deep in diapers by the time this comes (laughs) out. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I've been preparing. Very much preparing. Yes. yes. Preparing. Yes. Nesting. Job white nesting. I'm, you know, currently finishing, like, fixing some leaks in the bathroom. I'm painting the kitchen. Regrouting. Oh, all Gardening. Yeah. Yep. I'm, you know, like, pre-washing all the baby clothes and the little towels. Because at this point, you know, she's full term, meaning baby could... I mean, babies, I just learned this last night in our first childbirth class that only 4% of babies come on their due date. And then Mm. I was like, oh boy. So it could be any time between now and three to four weeks from now. So anyway, I'm operating under that assumption. It's a deadline that's coming soon. It could be coming tomorrow or it could be coming in three weeks. So yeah, I've been nesting at a very rapid very rapid pace for months, actually. Yes, I, I would agree. And part of that nesting, of course, is recording podcasts. Yes. Um, but I've also been thinking lately about how, you know, of course, like I've wanted to be a parent my whole life. And, you know, one thing people who are not queer might not think a lot about um, is just how uncertain and how difficult it can be to have to create a family as a queer person for a lot of different reasons. And of course, like not for all queer people, but you know, there's certainly no guarantee. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee. Adopting is challenging. 
and expensive. It matters where you live. Um, there are, of course, a variety of biological challenges that we face. Not all queer people face those. Um, but that for the most part, those of us who are queer, who are having families, are super intentional about it. That's, yes, very intentional. Like, we've been together for 15 years, and we've been talking about this for a long time. I probably talked about it, like, the first week we got together, wanting to be a parent. That is very queer. But I've had to be very patient, because the person who's, especially the one who wants to have the child come out of her body, she needs to be ready for that. Yes. That's also the beauty of being queer, like you're able to plan your family in an intentional way in which a lot of other folks don't necessarily get the chance to do. Mm-hmm. I used to be so, I mean, there's just, and, and this also, you know, you got to think about um, folks who have fertility challenges too, mm-hmm. straight people who also feel the same way. Like some people can just, you know, have sex and then get pregnant. And that sounds like, like fun and easy. And free. You know what I'm saying? Well, if they want to get pregnant. And then there's then there's that. Then there's that. This is also a really crazy time to bring a new human into the world. Yes. The Supreme Court. Overturning Roe versus Wade. Probably yep. what, last week? Yep. Yep. And then thinking about what are the repercussions of that. And especially like, you know, witnessing somebody who's been pregnant and just really deeply feeling like nobody should have that experience because mm-hmm. it is very challenging, let alone being a parent. Like wh- yeah. the last thing we need is unwanted kids. Also like the stress of a pregnancy oh my gosh, a person's in a body, body. I can never imagine. It's incredible. I have a whole new level of respect for anyone who has ever birthed a child or been pregnant or been pregnant. So yeah, really interesting times to, be in this world of sort of birth, fertility. And actually that's the the topic of a few episodes we've mm-hmm. recorded so far. Menstruation. Yes. We're going to talk with a couple of lawyers. We are. Law we professors are. about menstruation uh, in their new book this, this uh, season. I was about to say semester. <laughs> um, and then also we talk with a certified nurse midwife. Denise Frizelka about some myths surrounding birth and just there's this whole world. So this yeah, may be the theme. This might the be a theme. It this might, might be, be a the, theme. Yeah, I think so. There's so much that we learned in those episodes and so much, I, you know, frankly, like I have never learned so many new vocabulary words as I have mm. been in like learning about childbirth. I, I mean, I think I learned 20 new words yesterday. Like I know a lot of words, but all of this stuff is is new and so there's just so much like as a society that we don't learn Mm. i think especially about women's bodies so yeah we're gonna you know treat you all listeners to some quite educational content this season absolutely we've been working hard we have been preparing for months for season five very intentional about the content we're coming out with Mm -hmm. and we've been even thinking about it since we're recording this in June, uh, what will life look like in September and October? Yeah, what do you think life will look like? I'm trying to stay optimistic. I know, I? you're a little cynical sometimes. <laughs> um, well, in terms of the Supreme Court, I feel like every day more and more people are losing faith in the system. 
And the thing about so many systems in this country, it relies on the trust of everyday Americans. And it relies on people believing that it is unbiased, but ultimately fair. And I think even there's folks on both sides um, that will be disappointed when a verdict comes out. Mm -hmm. But I think as long as people view that verdict as fair, then that system works. But if a majority of Americans no longer believe in the systems in which our country uses, um, I am worrisome for what the future may hold, not just for human rights, but for the way our country is ran, the way everything looks. And what does that mean for the future? Will that bring on further conflict or will that bring on maybe a new resolution? You know, I think that that's true, certainly, of the Supreme Court or the judicial system in general and also things like public education mm-hmm. and uh, electoral politics. Like we like money. I mean, we all there's a certain buy in that we all have to have in these systems in order for them to function. And I think one piece that you know is very clearly eroded with how polarized our society is right now is really dialogue and a sense of like public civic good mm. like we talked about that on the podcast before about um in the in case of emergency episode remember about like neighborliness yes. and just like ordinary relation um with other human beings rather than like what's happening is people stay in their little silos or their boxes and like yell on the internet mm. at each other. But I all I also wonder like when people are having this discourse on social media, it feels very much in a bubble. And I wonder in which relation is their ideas and ideologies online mm-hmm. like mimic their life? Like are they living completely different lives in real life? Right. Um, versus right. what they're depicting online. Well I'm sure because like part of, you know, being online is that people are willing to say things that they wouldn't necessarily say face to face or there may, and people are complicated and there's so many contradictions. And you see, we love tech on this podcast. We do. Um, I, I love tech less than you, less than you. Um, not a huge fan of tech, but it's growing on me. It's okay, growing well, on me. When you say that, okay, like you are on the tech. I love to talk about it. I think you don't love to talk about it, but you do use it. I do use tech. Yeah. So when we say love, it's not like I'm over here like loving using technology. No. I'm over here like worried. You love the discourse. Yes. (laughs) But I think especially using social media, it really can create certain emotions. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of this like reactionary news and comments and things being thrown on your feed really kind of makes you have a certain response. And so I wonder if that's a part of it as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean... They uh, capitalize on outrage. Yes. I mean, it certainly like has has like we have less, I think, meaningful dialogue, you know, in between people, but also as communities um, and organizations, schools, things like that. That's why I think education is so important because you have classrooms where, you know, at, at the college level, but also K-12 where people are coming together, hopefully to engage critically together and have dialogues when once you're out of school you don't necessarily have those opportunities some people do and some people seek them out but they're not sort of built into the function Mm -hmm. of our day-to-day life you can either sort of choose to do that or not 
And right now, the way that we're most encouraged to do it is online, I think. Well, it's easy. This is, you know, for a lot of folks, it's something you can pick up relatively anywhere and kind of dive into your own bubble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, when I think about, you know, having this kid, right, like what, and then all these school shootings, Mm -hmm. um, I think about, I'm just thinking about things a little differently, even, you know, not, not quite apparent, but I'm already sort of, I just have a new lens um, that I didn't quite have before, but thinking like, what's it going to be like to, to send our kid to school? And what, you know, what's college going to look like 18 years from now? What's the planet going to look like? What's the United States going to look like? The better question is, what is the cost of college going to be in 18 years? That's the real question. (laughs) Or keep keep working at a college and hope there's some kind of... Like benefit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I don't even want to know the price of tuition in 18 years. That's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, like we talk about on the podcast, there's so many broken systems that we interact with every day. Um, and trying to be hopeful. Sure. Let's do some radical imagining. Mm. Mm. Always. Always. So we come back end of October. Well, I suppose you come back <laughs> end That's of October. Right. What are we hoping for? For the season? The season, society, higher ed, DEI. The vibes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, yeah, we're still crawling out of the pandemic hole. This is true. And there are folks who are going to be juniors who have not had a normal, quote unquote, normal college experience. That's been either online or hybrid, but, uh, you know, lower enrollments, less fun, you know, just kind of off pandemic. Um, what's it going to be like for, like, are we going to be able to sort of regain some sense of, I hate, you know, the word normal is not helpful, I don't think, in most cases. But, like, are we going to be able to sort of reconstitute higher ed and college campuses as, like, a dynamic site of, you know, inquiry, arts, um, protest, culture, all that stuff? Like, can we bring people back to campus? Mm. You know, can we can we bring the life back? Because... You know, there's some people who've never known that, that lively sense. There's not a before and after for them. There's only the, the after is normal to them, mm. you know? So, like, how do we sort of recorrect? That's a question I have. And a lot of faculty, you know, like, they used to spend a lot more time on campus, myself included. We're on campus right now. But, you know, are, are we going to just be moving more and more online? Mm. I don't know. For me, I think about, especially in this moment, tending to communities, especially your own. I think we often have conversations, you know, about national and world events, which are extremely important, but also the engagement that one person has in their community is really important in making a difference in your community, Um, whether that's at your university, in your hometown, um, you know, looking at the issues that your community is facing and coming up with solutions mm-hmm. that your community can implement is right. something I've been thinking of. And also just having as an individual, like a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. a sense of self-worth, a sense of connection to other people, you know, helpful in terms of the mental health crisis that we're dealing with, helpful in terms of suicide, all that stuff. Because when people start to feel, and by other kinds of violence, when people start feeling disconnected, 
um, even if they're connected online, but they're not connected in a meaningful way to the community and have a sense of themselves as mattering, then, you know, that's like a dark path to go down. Mm. So yeah, I think you're spot on about that. And I do think, you know, we are both biased, but colleges do have an, they're not everything, but they certainly, higher education has an important role to play. Higher ed has a very important role to play, especially when you think about like discourse and discussion. Mm-hmm. That's the whole basis of higher ed is to have these kind of back and forth ideas. Should be. Should be. It should be. Yes. Like um, the exchanging of theories, um, like this debate, this back and forth between students and faculty. Um, and so if we are able to accomplish that in higher ed, then hopefully we are able to accomplish that outside of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one area to to sort of restore and to build on is the connection between, I guess, especially public universities um, and local communities, governments, whether it's a state, a city, a town, um, because there has sort of been, well, there has been a divestment from states and from legislatures in public higher education. And so I think that there's some repair to do there to know that like it is in a, in a community's interest to have educated people like that matters to how well a community runs and, and to everybody's quality of life. Especially when I think about a public university or college, I think about affordability. Yep. Like these are institutions that should be funded by its state and should be accessible to those that reside in that state, reside in those communities. And with the rising cost of tuition, um, that needs to be a larger conversation as well. Yep, absolutely. You know, one thing we're talking about season five, you know, we love to hear from listeners. You know, we're always interested in what are the things that are on your mind happening on the campus where you are, um, or just just things that, that you think we should take up on the podcast. Are there folks, did you read a book by an author that you're like, oh man, Casey and Jamil should talk to this person. We want to know. We do want to know. We really want to know. Yes, yes. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you know the things that, that we generally gravitate towards, but it's better if we hear from more folks, like in terms of, of important conversations, things that you think really matter. Um, and we want to just sort of expand beyond what, the, what we're already thinking about. Mm-hmm. What are we not talking about that you want to hear about? Well, social justice is a huge, oh, yeah. huge topic. There's Umbrella. a lot we're not talking about. Exactly. So tell us. And, yeah. we'll, and we'll we'll hop on it. We'll hop back on it. I think so. So that's one thing I hope for. Um, I'd like to also, you know, we have some episodes recorded, some scheduled, um, some kind of in the works. Uh, but I'd also, I'd like to talk to a range of people. So I'd like to talk to, I'm just going to speak this in, into being, which is maybe a little risky, but I'd like to talk to like high school kids mm-hmm. or middle school. I'd like to talk to, um, I, you know, frankly, I love to talk to some older folks too, um, like senior citizens who are active in their community working on XYZ issues, you know, and talk about generational perspectives. And certainly we're talking with scholars uh, this season, but also, you know, we want to talk with artists, community activists, people doing interesting work. that's um, maybe outside of higher ed, but it's related or adjacent to mix it up. Because, you know, it's a little easy for us to just jump right to the quote-unquote experts. Mm. Well, 
when I think of experts, I can think of a lot of different folks outside of academia. Sure. Yeah, outside of formal titles and degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of folks that have interesting experiences to share. Like, you know, yesterday I spent, um, I don't know, eight hours with a large group of high schoolers. Mm-hmm. That was a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some volunteering, you know, talking about college prep. Um, they're about 14, 15, so about about the age in which, you know, you start thinking about applying to and, and getting your ducks in a row for the next steps. Anyways, so, yeah, season five, we are excited to be back. That's right. We're having a great time. Um, anything else you want to say to the people, Casey? I think that's it. I think that's it. Enjoy these episodes. Um, I'll be back. I mean, I'll be here the whole time. You won't know. You won't know because we've recorded all these episodes. But I'll be soon. I'll be a new person. My life's about to change forever. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. Diapers, bottles, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. I truly. I mean, I can wait. I can wait a few weeks, but otherwise I can't wait. All right. We'll update y'all later. <laughs>